0: Chris Wendelkin, and this is On the Line, my NBA podcast where I talk to friends of mine living around the country about all things hoops. We do some NBA related deep dives, some drafts, talk some news and notes and trade deadline stuff uh, from around the league. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at, me at On the Line underscore pod. Find me on Instagram send me any of your mba related questions to on pod at gmail.com uh, check out previous episodes on our website that's on the line that's on the line hop into a deep dive check out a draft it's all up there last if you could rate review subscribe to the show in stitcher itunes spotify wherever you get podcasts I greatly appreciate it. All right, we're back. We have survived the NBA trade deadline. It was a wild, wild day. All sorts of names moving. Um, we are going to talk to Matt Hobby in just a sec to break down all the details of who went where. Um, real quick, it is the one-year anniversary of this podcast on the line. Incredibly, last year at this time, um, I... I on a whim, went out, bought a recorder, a mic, and texted uh, texted Matt Hobby and said, "Hey, I'm I'm creating an NBA podcast. You're going to be my first guest. We're gonna we're gonna break down the Blake Griffin trade and everything that happened at the deadline. And uh, here we are a year later. So, um, just wanted to point that out. And uh, yeah, say thank you to everyone for listening. It's been an incredible year making the show, and I hope it's been uh, fun for you to listen to every Monday. So, without further ado, here is the original. The OG guest on the line. One year later, it's our one year anniversary. Here he is, the one, the only, Matt Hobby. All right, Matt Hobby is on the line. Uh, the trade deadline has officially passed. The dust is settling. Uh, Matt, the teams in the playoff hunt have uh, bolstered their rosters. Other teams are out of it. They have uh, done their best to sell off their assets. How are you, Matt? Uh, how, how did you spend the day? Were you just uh, on Twitter all day watching the Woj, Woj updates?
1: Yeah, basically, glued to my phone. I mean, that's that's all you can do yep. on, on trade deadline day. Um, yeah, I just was, uh, I was, I, I mean, honestly, you know, this is the thing. I thought about you a lot, Chris, because, yep. you know, you and Lucas are my one <laughs> basketball thread, uh-huh. you know what I mean, like my yeah. basketball tech, uh-huh. so like. I get a I get a bunch of texts from like you and Lucas, and it was fun today <laughs> to just like be having a yeah. ball yeah. texting. Uh-huh. But then I was like, for Chris, oh god, he's got like uh-uh. he's got like seven of these.
0: It's absurd concurrently. Dude. It's absurd. Like, it's yeah. he's got
1: group texts. He's got solo texts. He's got. Man. I don't know. He's maybe, maybe got like a bit emoji only. I mean, you know, like, he yeah, could be...
0: I, I am like the traffic cop over here. You know, my phone, uh, especially on a day like today, it's just like, I, I am navigating all these conversations and, uh, it, it is just, it, it's a crazy day, man. If, if you're an NBA head like you and I, and, uh, you know, some of yeah. our friends, it's just, I mean, it does not stop. Um, but I feel like this has actually been going on. I mean, for the last few years, this has been happening. It, it, it isn't really just like a one-day affair anymore. And a lot of you know, You're you've right. been noticing yeah. the last couple of years. You saw it with the Blake Griffin trade last year. This year, it was Porzingis. Like teams are preempting this whole Thursday deadline thing, and they're they're moving a lot of these big valuable pieces. Sometimes, like a week before, ten days before. Um, Porzingis, I think, moved last Thursday. So you know, a solid mm-hmm. week before the deadline. Um, And it's just become like a a seven to 10 day thing where we're all just like glued to Woj's updates, like listening for any little thing that Shams tweets out. And uh, it's just nuts, man. Nuts.
1: Nuts. And I feel like this year, the run up to three o'clock, like, you know, noon, my time. But like, those three hours from nine to noon were, I I mean, it felt like just, it was like coming off the board. They were going so
0: fast. No. It was I like know.
1: I felt like I felt like in years past there's like one big trade. Right. And then we saw we saw so many people move. Like big names.
0: And just, like, no one is surprised about it. Like, the players involved in the trades aren't surprised. We're not surprised. Mm -hmm. And especially, like, especially when they occur in the middle of the night. No, Like, I am fully not surprised anymore to get, like, a 3 a.m. text from somebody being like, hey, just let you know Tobias Harris uh, is packing his bags. I know it's, you know, 2 a.m. your time. Just let you know. Or, you know, it's like, it's just it's 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 like par for the course this time of year. So, I mean, we yeah, we had a, a bunch of big names moved. We had Porzingis, Tobias Harris, Marcus Saul, Miritich got moved, Markel Fultz got moved. Um,
1: uh, Can we talk about Fultz? Yeah. Can we talk about Fultz? Yes. I want to hear, hear your two cents. My two cents is I think Orlando scored. Yeah. I am 100%. Like, I have not been a – a Markel Fultz believer, Mm -hmm. but for some reason I feel like they got something for nothing.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, I am, I am in the same camp as you. I, I like, I confess that I was one of those people that watched Markel's like mixtape on YouTube and like fell in love with the guy like head over heels, uh, in, in draft season. And I was like, this guy this guy can move, he is incredible. He is a slasher driving to the rim and he was just bombs away from three-point land, you know? Like he could really he could really stick it. So, I was super excited about the idea of him playing with Embiid and Simmons and his potential fit with the Sixers and obviously when it didn't work out, it just It was, it just was such a tragic thing. The whole thing snowballed so quickly. So when I always like, when I dreamed about him getting a clean slate, a fresh start somewhere else, you know, I, I was kind of like always thinking like, who are the teams that are in developmental mode? You know what I mean? Like, who are the teams that can sort of be patient with a guy that has a high upside ceiling? um, but also isn't in the spotlight. I mean, selfishly, I thought of the Knicks, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, maybe, maybe this is like another, uh, guy that the Knicks could take a fly around. But I just felt like, you know what, New York was not really going to be the appropriate city and the appropriate media market for a, a guy that's been damaged goods, goods to play in. And, you know, Orlando, I think is a perfect spot, man. He's a, it, it's, it's, it's low key. It's under the radar. I thought between, you know, Phoenix or, or Orlando would be, um, you know, just like ideal for him where he could just kind of like, it's like witness protection programs sort of stuff, you know what I mean? He could so
1: just hilarious. like hide. <laughs> yeah, he could just like hide out uh, and lay low and like work on his game yeah. and then, Anything, it's all gravy. Like, like anything that happens, that like,
0: anything that happens is, is, is a win, you know, like, cause at this point the NBA yeah. has like forgotten about him. They've, they've decided that like he's a loss. So if, even if he just resurfaces as like a serviceable player, you know, what did the, I mean, they gave up Jonathan Simmons, a 2020 first round pick from the thunder and a future and a future second round pick. You know, Jonathan Simmons yeah. wasn't even getting major minutes. You know, they they have a kind of a crowded wing rotation over there in Orlando. So it, it was like they moved off him. Great. The 2020 first round pick from the Thunder, it's like, that's going to be what? A pick in the, you know, 20s or something? It, it's not going to be like.
1: Probably late 20s. Late I mean, 20s, like the right? Thunder are like loaded up with. You know, yeah, like, they're
0: they're making a title run. Like they're they're going to be one. Paul of the, George is
1: going anywhere. Yeah. Russell Westbrook's not going anywhere, and neither is Stephen Adams. They're so
0: going to be you know. one of the six, seven best teams in the NBA. So it's not like that's yeah. that's certainly not like a, a great high lottery pick or anything. And then a future second round pick. So, um, I think it's a low risk, high reward, high reward situation for the magic and faults. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited, uh, for him. I mean, just selfishly, like I said, like go back, watch the, watch the mixtape of him when he played at Washington. The guy is a freak athletically. And if he can ever figure it out, um, It'd be just really. I think it'd be a really cool story. So,
1: yeah. So, yeah. Um, so what do you think about it from the Sixers' side?
0: From the Sixers' side, I like it. I mean, I, I, I think. Um, look, you know, like Markel was never gonna really crack that rotation, and he was always gonna be kind of, you know, he was. He it was just awkward. It was awkward for everyone, you know. Like when when you watch Sixers games, and he stepped on the court this year, like you know, like the crowd would chant his name and give him a standing ovation every time he touched the ball. And it almost felt like a little, like weird, like almost like condescendingly awkward. Um, it almost
1: felt like, um, remember when we were at Summer League? And- yes. That guy, but uh, yes, yeah. there was this guy for the Mavericks, those of you at home, uh, this player from the Mavericks who, He's- the Dallas Mavericks Summer League team. Right uh
0: like and, career g leaguer and every time he touched the yeah. ball like the crowd was chanting like mvp mvp it was like okay like, this is while
1: he was while he was shooting free throws they were chanting mvp and it's like he knows that <laughs> yeah, everybody's fucking right. with him and it's so pardon my french but it's so like Oh God! Like, yeah. Also, all the work he's put in. They would boo. Be by they would, a bunch of schlubs in Vegas. They would boo like, all of his oh.
0: teammates whenever they touch the ball, and they would like go that ecstatic. Was it was just like, oh God, this is really weird. So, um, yeah, I think it's a win for the Sixers. I mean, they move off faults, yeah. and you know, they kind of remove the distraction of faults, and they remove the kind of like the ties that he had with Jerry uh, with Brian Colangelo and that whole like disastrous kind of, you know, um, situation with Colangelo. And so, so they move on from false, but they also acquire Simmons, uh, Simmons, who's a useful player. He's a, he's a wing, he's a wing guy. Um, and, uh, and they acquire two, uh, picks, you know, a second round pick and a first round pick, which, you know, I don't even know if they'll keep, but they're certainly like assets that they could potentially flip elsewhere. Right. I mean they're the, yeah. the, the Sixers are pretty much all in at this point, uh with with what they're doing. They are
1: here. they went they went really all in. Yeah. And I think it's a little I think they I think they did it a little too early. I mean, I think they did it to appease Jimmy Butler, which I think as we've seen, and I am a mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler fan and defender, but I'm not blind to the fact that I think Jimmy has a little like LeBron in him where he starts to bark and wants the GM to do stuff that is sort of at the whim of a player who's not really seeing the, you know, I don't think that they went out and did all these trades just for Jimmy Butler, but I think they're thinking they need to re-sign Jimmy Butler.
0: Yeah, uh, so let's let's break down this trade real quick. So the 76ers acquire Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, and Mike Scott. The Clippers acquire Landry Shamet, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, a 2020 first-round pick, a 2021 first-round pick from the Miami Heat, a 2021 second-round pick, and a 2023 second-round pick. So, um yeah, you know, I I I like the trade. Um, I mean, I think it's a win for both sides. I really like Tobias Harris. I'll say that. Um, I mm-hmm. think that, you know, Tobias is like averaging, you know, a career high twenty, like twenty points a game. He's, you know, doing it efficiently. And the Sixers starting five is you know, they're awesome now. Simmons Reddick, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, and Embiid. I mean, that's that's a that's a fearsome five. Um, I do think some of like what the move is potentially about is maybe it's like Jimmy Butler insurance a little bit, too. You know, Jimmy's a free agent in the offseason. And maybe they say like, hey, look, there's there's a chance that like m- maybe they don't want to pay Jimmy like a max max contract. You know, like maybe maybe this is their right. hedge against. Jimmy, um, you know, asking for max money and, and they say like, well, we'll make him an offer. And if he doesn't like it, at least we have Tobias Harris here as our kind of third banana to, uh, to Embiid and Simmons.
1: But they also have to resign Tobias Harris. They also right? have to
0: resign him, which is, yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, they are all in, they are all in on are, these, these I mean, they're, guys who the are free agents. Like,
1: they're all in on this season yep. and they are fifth, they are fifth in the East. Yep. They're fifth. They're behind the Pacers who haven't had Ola Depot in weeks. They're fifth behind the Celtics who, you know, have underperformed at every turn, you know, at least in the eyes of, like, NBA fans who expected them to, like, dominate. Yep. Right? And so, like, there's a – I mean, like, there's a world in which they go out in the first round. And, like, I don't know that – if you are the 76ers, you can count on anybody, especially like Jimmy Butler, like Tobias Harris has no connection to Philadelphia, you know, and, uh, is only going to play there for like a couple months and then whatever they do in the playoffs or like, and, uh, Jimmy Butler, as much as, you know, he wanted to go there. He also, you know, I think he probably wanted to go to Minnesota. So like, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that Jimmy Butler has shown himself to be loyal in any way. He's that.
0: kind of a fickle guy. I think it's fair at this point to say <laughs> yeah. something of a fickle yeah.
1: guy. <laughs> yeah. So like, I think like there's a there's a world in which like the 76ers go out in the first round yeah. and both of those guys go, "Well, where else can I land?" And then you've traded away like so many assets. And like it, 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 without, if they don't get either of those guys back, it's like, I mean, they still have Simmons and Embiid, which is incredible, but like clearly those guys, need they need a third piece.
0: No, well, I mean, I they, they went all in on this strategy. And I mean, I think their approach is like, hopefully we win and hopefully Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris are interested in being part of a winning thing mm-hmm. um, and playing mm-hmm. with these two young studs. A but B if they don't then we clear a bunch of uh space off our books so you know we we have uh you know we have space to sign other players the only problem is we've essentially gutted our roster in the process of acquiring these guys you know I I, I, your initial point um I think is a really good one you said like it seems like they they went all in and they may have done it too soon. I would contend that I think maybe the initial sin, I don't know if you want to call it a sin, but the initial thing was like they really they really spent a lot in acquiring Jimmy Butler. They they really spent a lot of capital in acquiring Butler because Covington is a yeah. that is one of like the that is one of the beautiful contracts in the NBA. I mean, he's a two-way player. He's on a great deal. Teams would kill to have that guy. I mean that 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 is a that is a awesome contract to have. And Dario, you know, I, I know he's a year away from being a free agent, so it, it was kind of like you got to shit or get off the pot with Dario, and they decided to get off the pot. But you know, he was a really useful player for the Sixers. He spaced the floor. Um, he played a role and, uh, so they, they really have like mortgaged a lot of their depth in acquiring these two guys between Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler, um, in, in terms of selling off role players and selling off draft picks. So we'll, we'll see, but you know, like you said, if the, if the playoffs started today, if the playoffs started today, they'd be playing the Celtics in the first round. Um, so no, no, no sure thing that they even get out of the first round uh which is incredible because they they are certainly a talented team. I mean they're their their they're starting five is as, as good as any in the East, but I don't know man, like they uh, they the whole I think one of the the narratives coming out of the whole trade deadline is how good the East really is now. I mean it is deep. Um it is really deep between the Bucks, the Raptors, you know, obviously the Pacers took a major hit with Oladipo going down, but the Celtics, the 76ers, the Nets are playing great. Um, it's just, it's it's not going to be a cakewalk for any one of these teams and someone is going to get picked off early in the Eastern Conference playoffs and uh, it, it could be the 76ers.
1: Can I read you the second, so the Philadelphia 76ers depth chart under yep. the second stringers, point guard, TJ McConnell.
0: Okay.
1: Shooting card, Malachi Richardson. Yeah. Small forward, Furkan Corkman. Furkan. Power forward, Mike Scott. Center, Boban. Uh, third string, they have Zaire Smith, mm-hmm. who hasn't played.
0: Yeah, he's lost um, like 50 pounds due to a peanut allergy.
1: Yeah. Heywood High Smith. Uh, wow. Never heard of him. Wow. And Amir Johnson, who has yeah who they were willing to take on boban to replace so this I mean,
0: is like, i don't this, know this is what happens yeah tough. i mean this is what happens when you you know like when you enter this like world of like building teams around pricey star players is like you are relegated to filling out your roster with like veteran minimum role players now like the sixers will be active in the like buyout market you know like they will be one of the teams like looking to pick up a competent, you know, serviceable, serviceable backup point guard. And, you know, like that's kind of the price you pay for having these very expensive, flashy, uh, you know, like, like top tier talents, like Embiid and Simmons and Butler. And now Tobias Harris is like your roster is kind of imbalanced, you know? Um,
1: yeah, kind of, I mean, I, you know, they can always keep like probably two of their starters on the floor, but like yeah. That's, that's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't think, I mean, I guess they could, they could try to get like Shelvin Mack. Yeah. Um, I, I laugh as I say that. I mean, I love Shelvin Mack. He's, no, he's great no. At times.
0: no, I was thinking that's but, the exact sort of guy that they really need to target is Shelvin Mack. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But like, yeah. Or, or if they really wanted, no, they would never do this. I was going to say, uh, in in trying to work out a fantasy trade for for Robin Lopez, I looked a lot at Philadelphia. I was like, oh, maybe they could, but um, maybe they would take him off the buyout market. I'm sure the Bulls are going to buy him out now.
0: Before we talk bio candidates, let's ha- let's talk about some of the other trades. Um, I'll, wh- yeah. Why don't I run through all the trades that happen as quickly as possible, and then uh, let's we could talk about some of our favorite deals of the day. So I mentioned. Um, the Knicks acquired
1: big bucks, big bucks, no whammies, no
0: whammies, no yeah, whammies. yeah, yeah. The Knicks acquired Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two future first-round picks for Stapps, Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke. The Bulls acquired Timothy uh, Timothy Luawu and cash considerations for a 2020 second-round pick. Uh, the Cavs acquired Stauskis, Wade Baldwin and some second round picks for Rodney Hood. Uh, Reggie Bullock went to the Lakers for uh, Svi Mikailuk, I think that's how you say his name, Svi Mikailuk and a second round pick. Uh, The 76ers got Tobias Harris, Boban, Mike Scott for Landry Shamet, Wilson Chandler, Mike Muscala, uh, 2020 first round pick 2021 first round pick from miami a 2021 second round pick and a 2023 second round pick the pistons got thon maker for stanley johnson the 76ers got malachi richardson and toronto's 2022 second round pick uh for cash considerations tyler johnson and wayne ellington were acquired by the heat for ryan anderson the bulls acquired Otto porter jr for bobby portis jabari parker and a 2023 second round pick then we had a three-team trade. Iman Shumpert, Nick Stauskis, and Wade Baldwin went to the Rockets. The Cavs got Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, a 2019 first-round pick from the Rockets. And the Kings got Alec Burks. The Kings acquired Harrison Barnes for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson, who went to the Mavs. The Pelicans got Marquise Morris for Wesley Johnson from the Wizards. The Rockets acquired a 2021 second-round pick from the 76ers for James Ennis. The Pelicans got Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson and four second round draft picks from the Bucks for Nikola Miritich. The Rockets got cash considerations for Nick Skautis, Wade Baldwin and a future second round pick. The Clippers got Garrett Temple, Michael Green for Avery Bradley. The Raptors got Marcus Saul for Jonas Valančiūnas, Delon Wright, CJ Miles and a 2024 second round pick. The Clippers got Michael Beasley and Zubac for Mike Muscala. The Trailblazers got Scalabossier for Caleb Swanigan. The Hawks got Shelvin Mack for Tyler Dorsey. The Hawks got Jabari Bird for a future second round pick. The Nets got Greg Monroe for a 2021 second round pick um, and future cash considerations from the Raptors. And lastly, the Magic got Markel Fultz for Jonathan Simmons, a 2020 first round pick from the Thunder and a future second round pick from the 76ers.
1: Get that man a glass of water. Whew, whew. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like listening to that, I was like, I don't know who plays anywhere anymore. Yeah. I don't even know what team anybody's chairs, on anymore. It's musical chairs,
0: man. It's musical chairs. Um, poor
1: Nick Stauskas. Poor, I know. poor Nick Stauskas. Yeah, there were he a couple of names.
0: This. There were a couple of names there I said like three or four times. I definitely said Wade Baldwin. Like Wade Baldwin has played for three or four different teams this week. So has Nick, Nick Stauskas. Yeah. Um, Stanley Johnson has been on two or three different rosters at this point of, over the last week. So um, is there a favorite trade of this bunch, Matt, that uh, that that you really like the
1: most? I, well, I really like the Nico deal yeah, me too. for the Bucks. I think it is uh, – I think they – you know, the Bucks were very strategic in what they chose to, to grab. And I think like getting Nico, um, was a great, was a great play. And like, especially all they really parted with, I guess they, they, they gave up some second round picks, but like the truth is, is with where they are right now yeah. I and mean, they're leading the East. So like their second round picks aren't going to be that valuable, um, and unloading Son, I think was fine. You know, he was obviously starting to become problematic in the locker room because he wasn't playing. And you know, I think like, yeah, I think Nico's gonna bring like uh shooting, yeah, good rebounding. I mean like hopefully he can stay healthy, you know, that's sort of been his issue this year as a as a person who owns him on a fantasy team. He's been a lot. But I think some of that is like you know he's probably been better for a little bit from whatever his most recent thing is in New Orleans is just holding him
0: out. Yeah, I mean the Bucks have the, trade, the Bucks have know. the best record in the league. They're forty and thirteen. They have the best defensive rating. They're one hundred and three point seven uh, defensive rating. They have the best net rating of a, a plus nine point nine points per one hundred possessions. And in Nico Mirtich, you know they add a guy that spaces the floor. Mike Budenholzer has this five out offense, right? And, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's Giannis and four other guys, and they're all spread out across the floor. And in Miritich, they just add another big rangy three point shooter. And he fits in perfectly yeah. with that team. Man, he, he's going to be able to knock down threes playing alongside, uh, playing alongside Giannis. I mean, between Ilyasova, Brooke Lopez, Middleton, Malcolm Brogdon, Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton. I mean, these guys can all hit from deep. And it really, all, yeah. yeah, it really covers up uh, Giannis's inability to hit three pointers and he can just play, he can just be a slasher. He can just drive to the rim and um, mm-hmm. they are filthy, man. I mean, they, they, they look great and uh, they're just so, so long and uh, very exciting stuff. I think, it, I think that, that to me was the biggest win of the day was the, uh, the Bucks acquiring Miritich. Um Can we talk about the Raptors? Can we talk about the Raptors real quick? They 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 acquire Marcus Saul for Jonas Valanciunas, DeLon Wright, CJ Miles, and a twenty twenty four second round pick. Um, Initial thoughts, reactions to uh, Marcus Saul going to Toronto.
1: I think it's great. I mean, I think you know uh, the the question's going to be for me is like, is this going to Cause Ibaka, is this going to upset the ship with Ibaka? Right? Because Ibaka's been having a a very good season. Yep. You know, he's clearly sort of like, uh, I don't know how old he is, but, you know, he's been around, right? He's been around for a while. So I think that um, you can only imagine that Casal is going to expect to start. Right? Yeah. And uh, Toronto is best when. Ibaka is playing at center instead of uh, at power forward. Yep. So, you know, it, it, the question is like, well, is you know, are you going to like, are you going to do the the sort of like veteran thing of like, okay, Serge Ibaka is going to start at power forward, Gasol going to start at center, and then you're going to like first substitution, you're going to like put, you know, Siakam in for Ibaka, um, so that you have a little more like. Uh, athleticism on the floor, you know? Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think they'll figure out a way to make it work and, and if they, um, they can, if they can just get those two guys to buy in, it's yeah. probably not that tough. I mean, you could probably get Serge to come off the bench.
0: They're going to have to massage, um, massage some egos for sure, but, um, I yeah. mean, you know, Nick Nurse has really used his centers this year like a baseball manager uses relief pitchers, you know, like he really decides who's starting at the five on a night to night basis, just based on matchups, you know? So some nights it's Valentinus, some nights it's Ibaka and Ibaka You know, I mean, it's no secret, like the the small ball thing, you know, small ball has taken over the league when they play surge at the five. That's the best option. Now, it hasn't really been an issue because Valanciunas has been hurt. I think the last like six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it's been. So it hasn't really been much of an issue Um, there. There hasn't been any sort of like conflict over playing time. But, yeah, like, you're, like you said, it'll be interesting to see how they use Gasol here, how willing he is to come off the bench or, you know, to take a, a slightly diminished role um, in a team that has, like, a very, you know, good thing going up there in Toronto. But,
1: yeah,
0: I mean, he Gasol is a great passing center. He is definitely, you know, a defensive upgrade over Valanchunas. He's going to... He's certainly going to make it interesting in the playoffs. I mean, he is a guy that is going to be able to bang down low with, like, traditional centers. Like, if if the Raptors play the Sixers, like, Gasol and Embiid is going to be, those guys locking horns is going to be fascinating. And I think he also can stretch the floor, too. You know, like, Gasol is going to be able to Mm -hmm. play Embiid out on the three point line, you know, like that's, that's not going to be an issue. And Gasol, Gasol is going to want to park out on the three point line too. He's one of those inside out guys. Um, So I I think he's an upgrade over Valanchunas, but I think the big thing here is like the big story with the Raptors is they are all in on this like win now strategy. I mean, it's, it's Kawhi is a pending free agent and Masai Ujiri like clearly said, the time is now, the the time is now like, let's, let's make a run at this thing. like, we only have Kawhi until the summer and then, you know, very well, he very well could walk. So let's get Gasol in here. Um, I think Gasol has a option on a con like he has one year left on this contract. If he wants to stay in Toronto next year, he can, if not, he can opt out. So I I, I think it's a, it's a win, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a win for the Raptors and for the Grizzlies, I don't know. What do you think? Um, It's kind of an awkward it's kind of like an awkward thing for the Grizzlies, for the Grizzlies. They didn't totally like, it's not like they're starting from scratch and getting Um Yeah.
1: It's strange. I, I, I feel like um, when I saw that they were getting DeLon, right, I was like, Oh, he's
0: mm-hmm. a piece.
1: They're going to, they're going to also unload, you know, um, Conley. Cause I just felt like, okay, right. well they got, you know, they got a younger point guard, right. someone who's like, just been a little bit, who's like very, very good. Just and like needs A lot minutes. of people think he's yeah. better than Van Vliet, but he's just been down the bench because he started the season injured. And, yep. um, so, you know, it's like, oh, you, you've got this young guy who can step in and then, you know, you're sort of looking mm-hmm. to build around a core of like him, Jaron Jackson, um, even maybe Kyle Anderson to some degree, you know? And, uh, and then they they just kept conley and so it feels like okay well he'll be the he'll be the backup point guard which is great you know um but i don't quite know it doesn't like they haven't gotten that much worse where it seems like now they're going to slide i mean i guess they're already second to last in the west <laughs> yeah but and there's no way they were going to catch the Suns. But, I mean, they're definitely, what is it? Like, if it goes like one, two, three, four, five, they're like seventh or eighth. They're picking like seventh or eighth right now. And the thing is, is that they're, they didn't make themselves worse where they could like right. fall under the Wizards or fall under the. The, the Hawks, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah. My thought process um, is it seems like they did Marcus Gasol solid. You know what I mean? It, it's, it seems like they yeah. were like, let's do right by Mark, by Marc Gasol and send him to a winning, like a, like a team where he can make a title run, uh, which is nice and generous, but in terms of like maximizing his value, it seemed like basically what they did was flip a 34 year old Marc Gasol for a 27 year old Jonas Valanciunas, both of whom, you know, Valanchunas, I think, makes $17 million next year. Um, I, I, I just feel like they probably could have gotten something a little better for Gasol, but I, it it also seems like maybe part of the priority was getting him to a a good destination where he would be happy. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's possible.
0: Um, Should we talk real quickly about buyout candidates? Yeah. So some of the, some of the guys being talked about, uh, Wesley Matthews has already been uh, bought out by the Knicks. He has signed with the Pacers. Robin Lopez is available. Wayne Ellington is available on the Suns. Markeef Morris is expected to be released by the Pelicans. Ennis Cantor was released by the Knicks. Carmelo Anthony, was waived by the Bulls. Uh, I don't I, I don't even know if we can call him a Bull, but he's been waived. Michael Beasley is expected to be waived by the Clippers. Shelvin Mack is expected to be waived by the Hawks. Ben McLemore is expected to be waived by the Kings. Zach Randolph is expected to be waived by the Mavericks. Marcin Gortat is expected to be waived by the Clippers, if he hasn't already been. And Greg Monroe, who was traded to the Nets from the Raptors, is expected to be waived by Brooklyn. So... Is there anyone uh, anyone you are keeping an eye on that may latch on with one of these uh, veteran teams making a playoff run here?
1: I mean, you read that whole list and I was like, I don't think the Warriors want any of those guys. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, I feel like Houston should want Wes Matthews, yeah. but he's a pacer. Um, but he's a pacer, which like again feels very odd to me that I, I don't know why the Pacers are signing guys with Oladipo out. It's like I think you let this. I, I think you let this crew like run as deep as they can. But like I don't think that Oladipo's in position to like do a Kyle Schwarber and show up to play in the finals. You know? Oh no. But anyways, I I, uh, I don't know, man. I go down that list and then it's just like nobody needs Gortat. Nobody needs you know, it feels a little bit like um I mean maybe Shelvin Mack could catch on somewhere as we discussed. Yeah, but beyond that I really don't you know, it's like it's a lot of centers. I who, mean that's sort of Who needs you,
0: Robin Lopez? Like who needs a thirty year old veteran center to play ten to fifteen minutes a night? Who needs a backup center that's making a playoff I mean, I, push, right?
1: I guess Goldman State could use that person, right? Like, in the event that Boogie goes down, they need something as a backup, and um, I could see them picking off, you know, your more defensive-minded centers. So, like, I don't think they're going to take Cantor.
0: Right. I don't think they're going to
1: take... I mean, I don't know. That's sort of the thing is that, like, Gortat's not, like, a defensive specialist. Sure. Um,
0: Did the Jazz need a backup you know, center? Do the Spurs need a backup center? Do the Rockets need somebody big? Um, the Hornets seem I mean, thin at center, right? Maybe they could use someone.
1: Yeah, the Hornets do. That was one of my, um, you know, you and I had talked about like coming up with one trade yeah. for our for our respective franchises, and um, I actually came up with two. Great. Both centered around Robert Lopez because <laughs> okay. I. <laughs> i do love robin lopez as a as like a a fan of the bulls i do think that like i feel i feel bad for him like he's never been on a good team since he's been with the bulls right and like and and also like he was in some bad years with the knicks yep um but but i i definitely don't feel like he's a bad player i think oh, he's no, no, a good no. player i think he- he's like that contract that Phil Jackson did with the Knicks and, was
0: a I think that was be, Phil Jackson's best move with the Knicks was signing Robin Lopez to like a four-year, $40 million contract. And it turned out... Exactly. that It was really valuable. I mean, he's been a good... He's a good player for what he is.
1: He's a very good player. I mean, like, he can't shoot like Brooke, but he... he you know, I just think that he is... Uh, he knows what he a is. a good teammate. Yeah. Uh, when he gets really mad, I love it. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I feel like the Bulls should have, and maybe I'm sure they explored trades, but I'm sure everybody's just waiting for him to hit the buyout market. But my, I in my trades, the places I was able to find a spot for him were Charlotte, mm-hmm. and then that was one. And this was not the one that I was going to share, but I'll share it. Which was because this would never happen. The Bulls would never do this, but the idea would be, and then it was Charlotte. But the idea would be that you would send out Robin Lopez to the Hornets because they are going to make the playoffs. Right. and who so plays like, center for he, them? Cody Zeller, Cody Zeller, um, and uh, Willie Willie Hernan Gomez, and Biombo. Yeah. So they've got like a glut of. I mean, the thing is, is like they're not thin at center; they're just bad at center. Yeah. So, so, but so are the Bulls. So, um, aside from Wendell, so like you would send Charlotte, you would send them Robin Lopez. Mm-hmm. Right. So Robin gets, Robin is going to be backing up zeller i would imagine and then but zeller was hurt so maybe he's like a little insurance and then you would also send them cristiano felicio wow who has but this is why i you'll you'll understand why so uh you send cristiano felicio who is getting paid like almost nine million dollars a year for three more years right so uh robin lopez is expiring or has one more year left and uh, Felicio had three years left at $9 million, So that goes to the Hornets. But instead, the Bulls take back Diombo, who's getting paid $17 million for two years, and you get uh, Hernan Gomez, who's on a much lower contract for two years. Oh, interesting. But the idea okay. being that, like, you know, Hernan Gomez isn't really playing much in Charlotte, so the Bulls get to kind of, like, maybe have him as a backup big, you know I mean? Like, listen, yeah. they took on a Sheik's money um, and, and wound up waving him out or whatever. So this would be like, you do the good thing, you get Robin Lopez on the playoff team, you get rid of Cristiano Felicia, one of your big mistakes, mm-hmm. you take on some additional money, but you're getting a chance to try to Uh, Take a take a good look at Willie Hernan Gomez.
0: I like it. So I couldn't come. So uh, so you and I were talking about let's each create a trade for our respective uh, our respective teams. You the Bulls, me the Knicks to improve to improve our uh, long term stock here. I literally couldn't come up with a trade for the Knicks because at this point I don't know what their objectives are. Uh, Like it seems to me their primary objective at this point is. Not taking on salary, uh, like yeah. not taking on long-term salary, and I'm not really even sure who they consider an asset and who they consider a liability in terms of young, cheap players. Like I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know if they're trying to move Frank Milikina or keep him, if they're trying to move Dennis Smith or keep him. So I'm hitting pause on my Knicks trade, and I actually came up with a Bulls trade for you.
1: Oh, I love it. Go. So
0: this would this would take place over the summer. So. I mean, listen, this is going to be a bitter pill. So I should just warn you now. But tell, like, <laughs> talk to me about how the Bulls fan base feels about Zach Levine. Oh,
1: like, unload him. Unload I mean, him. Get rid of him. Okay. So if I had a Zach
0: Levine trade,
1: yeah.
0: so if I had a Zach Levine trade, you're interested in hearing
1: it. I want to hear it. I mean, I was when you said I have a Bulls trade, I almost had, if it's got Zach Levine in it, I'm all for
0: it. Okay. It's not going to be easy. But it's a one for one swap. Um, we're gonna send Zach Levine, get him a change of scenery, send him to the Detroit Pistons for he's got four, now Zach Levine's got four years, nineteen point five million per per year, four years. Uh-huh.
1: We're gonna send, three years after this, yes, three years after this.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're gonna send him to Detroit, and Chicago is gonna receive back Reggie Jackson. Who has one more year after this at seventeen million dollars? So basically, Mm -hmm. do you want? Are you willing to eat one year of Reggie Jackson for getting off uh, three more years of Zach Levine?
1: Yeah. I'll tell you yeah, what I'd do that.
0: Hollinger says. It's a plus three wins for the Pistons and a <laughs> a minus eighteen for the Bulls. So uh, the Bulls will be tanking hard, tanking hard with Reggie Jackson on their team. But you get off. I mean, you get off the sin yeah. of uh, that contract that they gave to Zach Levine.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I'd do it. Yeah. I'd do it.
0: Yeah. Hey, maybe you can flip I mean, Richie like, Jackson at the deadline. Maybe he you you get a stock up, and someone will, will, takes a stab at him at the uh, trade deadline next year.
1: I mean, the Bulls are just garbage. They're just garbage. So, like, you really can't you really can't make it worse. Yeah. You know. Ugh. Uh, although I'm sure if there was that trade, they would also. Um, they would also include a second round pick because that is they, they attach second round picks to every asset they send out even no matter what.
0: Yeah. All right. Before I let you go, I want to ask you two things. Yeah. One is, um, the most, you know, we talked about some of the big names moved. The most interesting name not moved, of course, was Anthony Davis. Um, what, what, what do we make of this situation? Do you think the Pelicans did right by keeping him, uh, He's
1: gonna be a Celtic man. He's gonna be a Celtic. Wow! Like, He's gonna be a Celtic. The two, yes, because the two, the two best, the teams, the two teams most in position to offer to New Orleans are the Lakers and the Celtics. Yeah, and so, um, they heard the Lakers offer. Right. So like I like the Lakers offer can't get any better this summer. Right. Like it's just gonna be. Um, I think, I think he's gonna uh, he's gonna be a Celtic. Now, which is this will be fun? Which will be fun? I mean, like you know, have uh, you read that, the stuff about?
0: Have Nick. you read the stuff about how he uh, is not interested in signing an extension with the Celtics? Would that scare you off at all? With that, if you're Danny Ainge, do you still pull the trigger and just try to hope that you can convince him to uh, to stay in Boston?
1: I think you pull the trigger. I mean, I think like the the garden is like, um, or yeah, like Boston garden. What is it called? TD TD
0: TD garden. TD TD garden. Now, (laughs)
1: Um, I mean, like that's, that's an incredible place. And I think like the fan base is amazing there. And like his dad's comments about like, they did Isaiah wrong. Yeah. I like, I get it. I totally, I totally get it. But the thing is, is like, he's he's not isaiah Thomas, like he's so so much better and so much more of like a cool like he is your foundation like if he goes there, he's the best player there, and so all of their everything they do will be geared to keeping him there and I just think like that whole season they would be really, really dominant mm-hmm. and um. Yeah, I mean it's kind of it's like such a perfect situation for him. There's there's really no there's no like I don't, I just don't see a, a reason why you don't do it anyway.
0: Okay, so my next question for you kind of gets at that comment from Anthony Davis's dad. So I, Anthony Davis's dad said something to the effect of like you can't trust the Celtics. You saw what they did to Isaiah, and I I I don't know, man. Like. Is the NBA in a healthy state right now? Like the the nature of the league, it feels like over the last couple of years has become so transactional, so mm-hmm. transactional. The the power has never been more heavily favored in, in into the into the weighted into the hands of the players, you know, um, and rightfully so. Like that's something I totally support. Like I am pro labor. And like, I fully support the empowerment of, of of players. You know, people come to Madison Square Garden, people go to TD Garden, people go to the Staples Center, people go to the United Center to see talent. They don't go to see James Dolan, or they don't go to see the bus family, you know. So I fully support the the players having power. But has, has it become so frenetic? I don't know, man. Like, it, it it just feels like um is the league in a healthy state right now where you know that the minute a player is unhappy they can just demand a trade and try try to you know try to angle their way to a certain destination um is this is this good for the the long term like health of the league
1: well i think i'm in trying to step out of my own shoes you know mm-hmm. Um, like, because, like, I think we grew up in a time where, like, it's, like, you consider yourself a Knicks fan. Right. Right? And I consider myself a Bulls fan. And so w- we want those teams to do well. Right. We are also fans of other players. Like, we are fans of Steph Curry. We are fans right. of LeBron, you know. But, like, I still want my team to succeed. And I think that uh, like from my point of view, I, I agree with you. Like, I, you know, I belong to a labor union. Like, I care about labor, and and I care about employees having power. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I do think that like with the transactional nature, it makes it harder to support a team. And I and so like,
0: well, just like um, Anthony Davis's dad's comment about like loyalty and he was like Danny Ainge isn't loyal look what they did to Isaiah Thomas it's like you don't think that uh the lakers would do that to your son in you know 5 years if he was no longer valuable of course they would do you know like there is no right, there is right, no right. loyalty at all anymore from anyone from players from gms from owners from fans like right. there's no sense of like this is my guy or this is my team and i'm loyal to this guy through thick and thin and I guess, but I guess
1: this is like, this is what I meant. It's like getting back to your point of like, is the league in a bad place? It's like I think, and and I don't, I can't say this for sure, but it, I would imagine that like younger basketball fans, right, like kids, they are fans of players, like people who right. sort of like have come up in the league during the LeBron phase, like the people that we would call Fairweather fans of Miami, right? They were Cleveland fans. Then they're Miami fans. Now they're Cleveland fans again, and now they're Laker fans, right? Like, those people that we would normally, like, trash for being, right. like, not
0: like, real, you know, not yeah, like yeah. loyal, real yeah.
1: fans. It's sort of like, no, I think they just, I think these young people follow the players now.
0: Yeah, they just it's follow just the, sort the individual. Of like, like, I'm
1: an Anthony Davis. If I think Anthony Davis is the best, I think Anthony Davis is the best if he's on the Celtics or the Pelicans or, you know, if he's in Oklahoma city, you know, like
0: it's the fantasy rotisserieization of, of pro sports where it's like, I follow, I felt like Anthony Davis is my power forward on fantasy and I want to see him be in the best situation where he can score the most points and get me the boat and get me the most, you know, wins for my fantasy team. So let's, let's get him to this team now or to that team. And yeah, it's, it's less of a, it's less of a team unit thing and more more of an individual uh, player that you're rooting for as opposed to a team.
1: Right. And I think it's some, some of that is like, I think that's also the team's fault. So, you know, I don't think it's just the players. Like, I think it's the team's fault for like having, you know, abused those relationships um, in the past. And then like, you know, when you do have like, you know, like, I mean, hopefully we'll be very fortunate and like Steph Curry will play his whole career in Golden State. Like, yeah. even when he does out when even when his even when his contract does outlive its value, and maybe those are just the special players that only come around once, once or twice in a generation. You know, you're like your Dirks, your Kobe, your mm-hmm. your um, Stephs, you know, or Clay too. I mean, like you know, like if those two guys played there for their whole careers, and like let's say they win seven championships in a row, they. You know what I mean? Whatever they do, like a seven peat, and everybody's like, "This, this is the greatest team ever." And then like Durant moves on, Boogie moves on, you know, Iguodala retires. I mean, all that stuff's gonna happen pretty quick, yeah. actually. Yeah. But then, you know, you, um, you 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 keep those guys there, and they play out the rest of their career, and they go to the playoffs, you know, a few more times, and then they retire. It's Like that'd be fucking amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, the Warriors. I mean, it, the, luck luck comes into this too, you know. Like the Warriors got Steph Curry to sign a sweetheart contract, uh, you know, two, yeah, two three years ankle. into into the league because he had these chronic ankle problems, and so yeah. he was he just took the the security of having a decent contract um, because he was having these ankle issues, and that really inexpensive contract allowed them to construct a team with these other pricier pieces in place that allowed them to, you know, get Durant in. And, uh, so it, it, of course it, it requires some luck too. Same with Dirk. Dirk took all sorts of sweetheart contracts because he wanted, yeah. you know, he wanted to play in Dallas for Mark Cuban. I know I sound like an old fogey talking about this stuff, but, uh, it's, no, stuff, I, it's stuff I feel I the same
1: like way, thinking. but yeah. 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 I feel it. Like, yeah.
0: All right, man. Well I appreciate you hopping on the pod. Uh oh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this is the one year anniversary of On the Line. You are my first you were my first guest. Our our first oh, episode man. of the pod was our trade deadline pod last year. Uh, after Blake Griffin got traded, and uh, so here crazy. we are, full circle, one That's year. Crazy, full yeah, circle. yeah, one year later. Yeah, one year later, man. Thanks for hopping on the pod. Well,
1: I don't feel any older, but I sure <laughs> learned a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I appreciate it, man. You're the best. Uh, right, I will talk to you real soon. We'll have you come back on as the uh, the playoffs draw near.
1: Yeah, I'm coming to New York in May. Oh, great!
0: <laughs> Can't wait. I'll see you soon. I'll see you then. Okay. All right. All right. Bye. All right. All right, that was the Trade Deadline Pod with Matt Hobby. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at Line underscore pod. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. Hop into a deep dive. Check out a draft. It's all up there. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show, and Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Have a great week. Enjoy watching NBA Hoops, and I will talk to you guys in a little bit.